Hi, this is Andrew Lotto. Welcome to another edition of Sadistically Speaking. This is episode 19, In Defense of Not Voting. About 20 years or so ago, when I was a younger professor, an older established professor invited me to dinner. He also invited over the provost of the university. Now, the provost is the administrator who's in charge of academics for a university. So this was a pretty good opportunity for me as a young professor to come and talk with this person. Of course, I spent the entire dinner ranting on topics. I attacked organized religion. I mocked the university as a Ponzi scheme that you have people teaching people crap that they get to go teach other people that crap and then those people teach other people crap with nothing actually being made or accomplished. And I also went against my colleagues and faculty suggesting that they never worked a day in their life and that they bitched and complained about their work week when they would have to teach for five hours. At the end of the evening, the provost left and the professor took me aside, gave me some fatherly advice. He said, you know, you just can't talk like that to people in your professional world. He said, you just can't say those things if you want any kind of opportunities or you know, movement forward you have to be more careful about what you said. And I agreed, and I said I shouldn't have attacked the university directly, and I might have suggested that pedophilia is okay in some situations. He said, no, no, that was fine. All that was fine. But you did say something atrocious. You said that you didn't vote. You can't say that. You can't tell people that you don't vote for president. That's just not something you can say in a professional setting if you expect to move forward. I thought, really? That's the most obnoxious thing I said this evening? And he was right. It turns out over the years that I've discovered over and over again that despite my attempts to shock people or start an argument, that the one thing you can say that will always cause people to be uncomfortable is to tell them you don't vote. It's right up with there with saying, hey, that lasagna you're eating, I took a dump in it. For some reason, not voting, not fulfilling your duty of voting means that you are a lesser person and have no right to talk from that point on because you didn't vote. Now, the argument I made that night to that professor about why I didn't vote, I think still holds. I told him, you know, I have a friend. We're both the same age, but we're engaged in the system a little differently. I'm very into politics. I have a subscription to Time and to Newsweek. I think I can name every member of the cabinet. I know I can name every member of the Supreme Court. I follow both sides in terms of their proposals. And I know the makeup of the Senate and the House, etc. My friend couldn't tell you who the vice president candidates are. And he votes on the basis of which presidential candidate has female members of his immediate family that he'd most want to fuck. He was a huge fan of Gore and the Gore Daughters. I presume that he was a Trump fan based on uh, Ivanka and Melania. But the problem is, my problem with this system, is his vote counts the same as mine. And the old professor said, well, you need to vote then to cancel out his vote. Really, I'm going to spend my time finding the local library or community center in order to cancel out this moron's vote. 
that's not a system I want to spend my time being involved in. The fact is, is that if we want to use this voting system to elect proper people to govern, perhaps we should take the noise out of it. If someone isn't invested enough to find out things about the candidates, if we make it so easy that we'll drive you to the damn voting place and insist that you go there, if we make it a duty to vote, but not a duty to know shit about the candidates, then we're just adding noise into the system. We're making it a noisy system for choosing who should govern. And that's what we've done. There were commercials this year reminding you when election day was. If you need to be reminded what day it is to elect the president, you shouldn't be voting. You are not invested enough to make that decision. Is there any question why we have a former reality TV host running against a guy who's been in governance for 50 years? No. You're not going to get Andrew Yang in there. These people who are voting don't know shit. And you want more and more and more of them vote. How's that working for you? Well, people come out and say, hey, you know, Biden had more votes for him for president than any person ever in history for U.S. president, which is true. You know who's number two? Donald Trump this year. We got 67% of people out, which means that Donald Trump got more votes from Americans than Obama ever got in either of his runs. How's that working for you? Is that a better system? There's no evidence whatsoever that the more people voting, the better governance you get. Quite the contrary. If people were really invested when they were voting, perhaps they would do a better job. The fact is that I don't need to vote when you give me these crappy choices. Just don't need to. If you are going, if we're going on a car ride together and you said, hey, listen, either this entire car ride we're listening to Air Supply's Greatest Hits or Christopher Cross's Greatest Hits, you choose. I don't want to be part of the vote. You just go with your crappy choices. I don't want to be part of this. And if you say to me, no, you have to vote, I say, I don't have to do shit. Honestly, I care more about who wins the uh, Dancing with the Stars every year versus who wins the uh, U.S. presidency. But I've never voted for Dancing with the Stars. I exercised my right not to vote this year. Once again, people talk about, oh, you know, you're in America. In America, you have the right to vote. You should appreciate it. Part of your freedom. You do have the right to vote. You also have the right not to vote. I exercise that right. There are countries where you don't have that right. There are countries that, where they have mandatory or compulsory voting. There's been discussion about having it in the United States after this last election. There are 14 countries in the world of the 195 or so that you might count that enforce mandatory voting. So, does the mandatory voting lead to more people voting? Yes. Does it lead to better governance? Doesn't look that way. Who has mandatory voting? Brazil has mandatory voting. My friend Caroline, good friend, tells me that in Brazil, if you don't vote, it's very difficult for you then to get your passport or your driver's license renewed. So they get over 80% of people voting. Have you seen the politics in Brazil? Uh, the person, they had this 
tell people they couldn't vote for the current one of the people who was in jail currently on a scandal, the car wash scandal, because he would have won if they allowed people to vote for somebody who was going to be in prison. Meanwhile, the person who did win, Bolsonaro, makes Trump look like King Solomon. Brazil, not exactly a bastion of amazing politics. Peru. Peru has mandatory voting. Have you been following politics in Peru? Probably not. A couple weeks ago, they had three presidents in a week. They have so many scandals in Peru, you can't keep up with them. They can't even keep somebody in the presidency. But everybody has to vote. Also on the compulsory voting list, North Korea. Do we want to be a part of this group? Here's something fun I did. I don't know how fun this is. And I know it's probably meaningless. No, I'm certain it's meaningless. But let's think through this. I went and looked up the uh, top countries in terms of deaths from coronavirus per population. So given your population, how many deaths do you have? What percentage of people die from coronavirus in your country? Now, despite what CNN tells you, the United States is not number one. They're number 11 on that list. And you might say, well, yes, but it's probably third world countries in front of them. But that's not true. Uh, Number one is Belgium. Number three is Italy. uh, Or no, sorry, Spain. Italy's up there. British, uh, uh, sorry, United Kingdom's up there. So what do these countries actually have in common who are on the top of the list? Well, here's something funny. Of the top 13 countries in the world, in terms of deaths from coronavirus, six of them have compulsory elections. Now, there are 195 countries in the world, only 14 of them actually have compulsory voting. Six of them are in the top countries for deaths from coronavirus. And one of the countries that is in the top 13 is Mexico, which has compulsory voting, but they don't actually enforce it. There's a few countries that have it in their constitution, but don't enforce it. Mexico is one of those. And North Korea, they're probably in the top, but who thinks we're getting real numbers from them? So, is it is having compulsory election, having everybody vote better for your government? doesn't seem to be doing the case and our biggest concern currently. So in the current shit show, I'm happy that I exercise my right not to vote once again. In fact, I want a I didn't vote sticker. And I know what all of you are going to say because you've been saying it to me all my life. You're going to say, well, right now you don't have a right to complain and you can't say anything because you didn't vote. Fuck that. You had your say. You voted. Now it's my turn. Pass the tequila. Out!